St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Composer Tobias Picker has five operas to his credit. That includes commissions from the L.A. Opera and the Metropolitan Opera, among others. But his sixth opera has personal resonance. This opera makes its world premiere here in St. Louis this June. And the librettist writing the words to go with Picker's music is his husband, Dr. Arya Lev Stolman. Dr. Stolman had good reason to sign on for this effort. It's not just that he's a writer, although he is. He's also a physician. And this opera is an adaptation of Dr. Oliver Sacks' medical memoir, Awakenings. A little medical knowledge definitely came in handy. So joining me in studio to give us a sneak peek at this opera are Tobias Picker and Dr. Arya Lev Stolman. Tobias, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Dr. Stolman, welcome. Thank you very much. Now, Dr. Stolman, I have to start with you. You're a neuroradiologist at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. You're also a novelist. What made you decide to add opera to your resume? Well, when the project came about, Awakenings, uh, and over the years I've watched Tobias or listened to Tobias work on the other operas, I felt this was one opera that I was very drawn to, to the story that I could contribute to. Had had you read the book even before he started working on I'd read the book before. You know, I'd known the book from a long time ago when it was first published. And uh, it's a very compelling story, a universal story of struggle with illness and to overcome illness and accommodate to illness in the end. And I felt that uh, this was something I could contribute to and uh, it was a very compelling story. Now, it can be very um, wonderful for couples to work together. It can also be very fraught for couples to work together. Um, Tobias, having been an opera composer for a while, did you have any reservations about your husband joining you in this line of work? No, I um, what With this subject, it just it seemed um, it just seemed like this was the this was the time this was the moment and that it was uh, it was in a way des- destined um the, uh, Oliver Sacks who was a, a world figure and, and leader in leading neurologist and uh, writer about um unusual medical and neurological conditions was a, a close personal friend of mine he was also mm-hmm. a friend of Arya's so um he uh, he had always hoped that I could make this into an opera. We talked about it many times. So he had you in mind for this. Well, yeah, we t- we, we we um yes. <laughs> and that's so flattering. I mean, because he's you know he's such a luminary, was such a luminary, um, both as a writer and as a physician. Right, and so he he uh, you know he wanted it to be done and. Um, uh, it just he didn't un- he died uh, right right before um the art- Jim Jim Robinson artistic director of the uh, opera company here found out that I had the rights to awakenings um but uh, he but uh, he'd be very pleased i think by what has done with his work and uh, the, the the beauty of of prose that that uh, he's captured now, Dr. Stolman, I, I feel like you have a real challenge here. I mean, yes, there's there's the beautiful prose, but there's also these medical terms. It seems like encephalitis doesn't necessarily lend itself to singing. How do you do, deal with that complication? That's my. That's actually my problem. <laughs> so tell me how that works. Who? But there are m- many medical 
not many medical terms. Encephalitis lethargica is was the illness that these people suffered from. It's the medical term for the sleepy sleepy sickness. Um, but there are also there are also there's a chorus of uh, of medical uh, treatments that failed that we we put in you know multiple me- in multiple terms. But I think we try to not overwhelm the opera score, the libretto and the opera with medical terms. It's it's something that within context is understandable and nothing goes by unexplained. You don't need a medical education to understand this opera. And it's no. really about the people. It's not it's not about the medical terms. And, and encephalitis lethargica has its own theme. So and then whenever you know whenever it's it comes back. It's it's that music. Now, Tobias, you said this is actually your challenge to make encephalitis lethargica work in music. How does this process work? Do you write the music first, and and then he's writing lyrics, or you're writing lyrics first? It's usually the usually the words uh, come first, and then um, I write the music, and then the words make it change mm-hmm. um, and then the music may get changed and but with our with our collaboration since you know we're we're just um, we're in the same place it's it's very easy just to say hey can you come in here for a minute and look at this do we have to have a comma here you know, or could I have another word for that you know but we also did it differently than the other operas because I had a concept and we uh, of the story the arc of the story and I wrote, usually Tobias works, he has an entire libretto, and then he writes the music for that, and they go back and forth with his other librettists. He's had wonderful librettists. But I wrote the first scene, and then he started writing the music right away, and while he was writing the music for that, I was working on the second scene. He, he, was st- he stayed one step ahead of me. I had never done that before. But and it worked, but it worked What for made us. you decide to go that way? Were you just so excited about what he was working on? You couldn't to, help to, yourself? To be honest, well, we were very excited about the project because once once we did the first scene, we, we realized this was something that had fire in it. But to be to be honest about it, we just we didn't have time for to wait, for him to finish a libretto and then for and me do something else and then start writing the opera. There just wasn't. There was a time. quick turnaround on this. It was this. a very quick turnaround. But I also think, in a strange way or in a wonderful way, there was a sort of a mutual inspiration. I'd write when I heard the music after the first scene. It, it made me. It, it was so beautiful and it, it inspired me to keep going in a in a much more rapid way than I am as I usually as a writer. Now, you two just talked a bit about, you know, sort of uh, talking from room to room and and giving each other input. I know for some married couples that work together, it can be really stressful unless you can sort of separate the work from the home. It sounds like you guys didn't do this in this case. You You were kind of all in while you were working on this. I think so. I think so. Did it ever lead to any it worked better when It worked better when we were in one of our homes at the same time than if one of us was traveling. It, because there were, if I, as soon as I wrote something, I wanted him to hear it. And as soon as he wrote something, he wanted me to read it. So, I mean, one can do that electronically, and I'd done it before with librettists. But um, this was very mo- – this was more – this is – it was more real. It made everything more real for for both of us, and I think it may makes the opera itself more real. 
We're talking to Tobias Picker. He's the composer of the new opera Awakenings, which will make its debut in June. And we're also talking to his husband, uh, Dr. Aryeh Lev Stolman, who has written the libretto um, for this piece. And I'm excited to say for our listeners, we have some music from the show. And I think we'd be remiss not to give people a sneak peek. Now, this was recorded at the workshop, which was last fall in Cincinnati. Um, And we're going to hear a piece called If Time Stood Still for Us. So set the scene for us. Um, First, for for people who may not be familiar with the book or the film, if you could just give us a a little overview of of what this story is and then what is happening in this scene where this song comes in. So in this scene, we have two characters, Rose and Miriam, both who had uh, as you know, children, encephalitis, lethargica, and had been, you know, closed off because they couldn't move or talk for 30, 40 years, depending on each, uh, each uh, character. And then they're treated with, with the L-DOPA, which makes them better. But then there's so many side effects and they have to go off the L-DOPA. But they're having a little discussion. Um, Rose has a more lively imaginary life, and, and she realizes it's an imaginary life. And Miriam is sort of saying, "Well, it's not, it's not, a, it's not real what you're imagining—imagining imagining a lover and a husband." Mm. But they're having this discussion, and finally, they sort of agree that because of their lives, they're entitled to have this, li- you know, an imaginary life that to dream. It's really mm. about—is it okay to dream? And it's a very beautiful moment where they they sort of come together and think about that. Well, let's listen to "If Time Stood Still for Us." This is from the new opera, Awakenings. If Time Stood Still for Us, it's from the new opera, Awakenings. Um, Tobias, this is such a beautiful melody. The first time I heard it, it almost brought tears to my eyes. I feel like so many new operas try to sound modern or they'll go for something that sounds kind of dissonant. Um, What inspired you to go in in more of a classic direction here? Um, All all of my operas are very direct, uh, musically and emotionally. For me, opera is a the experience of opera should be an emotional experience and if the, if the music doesn't go go straight into your heart then um you can't have an emotional experience that's that's cathartic uh, that's just the way i write mm-hmm. operas or uh, and other music um but uh, the theme the th- we spoke earlier of the medical aspect of this opera but it's it's uh, it's really there the the metaphorical implications or frame frameworks for this story are um, very accessible to to anyone who may be on the fence about whether they should come and see it. What it really is is uh, nobody no one ever wrote an opera based on Sleeping Beauty. Ever there's hmm. a great ballet by Tchaikovsky. 
Nobody ever, well, there were some minor operettas written about Rip Van Winkle in the 19th century um, that went away. Um, those two subjects have never been uh, approached in opera. And why do you think uh, that is? Sleeping well, Beauty is such a classic. I'm Well, it has a happy ending. And <laughs> you can't have that. <laughs> you know, and, you know, Rip Van, yeah, the, the, but this, this is, we frame the entire opera with the... Uh, the tale of Sleeping Beauty based on the original Grimm's. And so it begins and ends with the story of Sleeping Beauty. So it really is, uh, but it's, it's, it's as if Sleeping Beauty uh, had, had been awakened, but um, uh, after she marries the prince has to go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the same with Rip Van Winkle. He awakens and sees the world as it is today, but then he has to go back to sleep, and I found that arc ex- extremely uh, compelling and um, uh, something. Sorry, oh, but I also th- wanted to point out that even though there's a certain sadness in that, mm-hmm. the the opera itself is a is has a lot of love in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of love between the patients and their family and between characters. So even though it is a, in some ways a sad story, it's also a story with lots of love in it. It's kind also of a kind of redemption, redemption at the end that's of the yeah. opera that that is not something I've done before in this yeah. first time in six operas. And that's a very important point that you know an, an accommodation to their situation and, mm-hmm. and love. There's a lot of love there. Now, we have another selection from the workshop in Cincinnati this past fall, and this is called What Is This I See? What is going on here? Um, this is another scene where one patient, Leonard, um, he, he's actually in love with his nurse. But Something in the background, a lot of the patients, because of the L-DOPA treatment and their disease uh, or their illness, uh, had hallucinations or, or not just dreams like in case of Rose, but he had hallucinations, but this is, he's, he's in love with Rodriguez. It's, it's an unrequited love, but in this hallucination, he's seeing Rodriguez and they're coming together as lovers. And what is this I see is he's, is this scene. So let's play this. It's called, What is this I see? What is this I see from the new opera Awakenings? I, I was kind of curious, you know, the film 
implies that the character who's based on Dr. Sachs ends up sort of in a romantic relationship with a female nurse. And we know that the real Dr. Sachs, uh, his personal life was was not at all that he dated a young female nurse. He ended up um, finding love at 77 with a male partner. Right. And I'm wondering, do you touch at all on that um, in this opera? Well, in, in, at the time of Awakenings, when he wrote the Awakenings, he was in the closet. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so, but we knew that we you know we know him, and and he was gay, and we wanted to put that in there. It's uh, there's a lot of unrequited, you know, love, gay love in the opera, but there's we didn't an, want. It's an un, there's an there's a love, unrequited love triangle actually. Okay. Between um, Leonard, Nurse Rodriguez, Nurse Rodriguez and Sax, and uh, Sax is almost ob- oblivious to everything. Um, but we wanted to put in who he really was, mm-hmm. not not a Hollywood version where, you know, which is different. I mean, which is fine, but it's sure. different of, of its time. Sure. It was I mean, this movie was in the 90s, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful movie, but it was of its time. So it sounds like this version of Awakenings has um, things that, that physicians may enjoy. It has things that any people who love romance, people who want redemption in the end. Um, I'm really excited about this show. Thank you very so, much. Uh, Dr. Aryeh Lev Stolman, uh, librettist of the Awakening, think, uh, the Awakenings. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. And Tobias Picker, uh, composer of Awakenings. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. And that opera will make its debut in June, and that's at Opera Theater of St. Louis. Um, if you want more information about that, you can get that on their website. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, ninety point seven KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.